You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. this thing on my heart this morning just woke up with God just fill me fresh fill me new bend my heart for what pleases you like over and over again it did not matter what the worship team practiced to this morning my that's that those sayings those words went with whatever melody it sped up it slowed down it didn't matter it kept just coming out just fill me fresh fill me new god just bend my heart for what pleases you and any of you guys know who evan roberts is so he was a welsh revival guy um, back years ago like the lord used him to bring revival forward um, in wales and it was powerful and this was a thing that he said all the time to the congregants is bend our hearts for Jesus Christ's sake, bend our hearts. And then actually, we have a study that some of us are getting into right now. And I'm going to share this book with you really quick because I know it's powerful where it's going. Um, and it's actually called Hosting the Presence by Bill Johnson. And right at the beginning of the introduction, Bill says some words about, bend my heart, God, bend my heart, God. And it's just a theme going on inside of my heart. And I know that that's part of what the Lord's going to have me share with you, just about bending our heart, God, for just what pleases you. Let it all come in. So, Wendy, you want to come help me for a minute? Wendy's going to be my sidekick. She's going to help me write so that you guys can read it. Um, Yeah, Dale, you want to grab that? And lock it, please, when it comes up. So we're going to use the board. She's not going to have a whole lot of stuff to write. And I've told her, just, Wendy, just, you know, hop up and down for me because I don't want to write it all out or you'll be distracted by reading ahead of where I'm going to share. So she's just going to do some things as we go. So you can put the H up there for um, hosting, hosting your heart. So I'm going to give you guys a picture and we're going to spell out the word our, H-O-U-R. And this will be like a fun thing for you just to come. It's an easy thing to lock into uh, into your memory. And it's about um, an approach with your time with the Lord, about intimacy with the Lord. And one way you could picture this is each 15 minutes for each letter. So 15 minutes on an H, 15 minutes on the O, 15 minutes on the U, 15 minutes on the R is what makes up your hour. And so I heard this message out of somebody who I heard here, I I listened to this minister at Andrew Womack's minister's conference some years ago, and every now and then he's all the way in Sri Lanka, a pastor in Sri Lanka, and every now and then I tap in um, to some things he's ministering, and he shared um, this right here, and then the Lord's just filled it in from just overflow with some own things for me personally. And so the H is actually for host your heart. So this is the first thing that I actually want to talk about is actually hosting your heart. So I want you to just get a picture of going into this intimate time with the Lord. And this is so applicable to everyone. 
This can go down to like small children. We actually talked to our children just at vacation Bible school about making time for Jesus. And it's our responsibility as the adults in their life to be training and equipping them for what their time with Jesus actually looks like. So this is such a practical thing. And a bunch of our kids are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to get to that part too. But this is such a practical approach to things with the Lord that has caused an increase in my time with the Lord. So H is for hosting your heart. So think about just a little bit of what it looks like to actually host something. So if you were going to have an event, you maybe would pick a date, pick a time, invite people to it. And so here's the thing that I want to say to you first is Jesus did all of that for us. He first hosted us. He first picked a date and picked a time and picked a place. And he invited us and he continues to invite us. So now this is a turnaround that we're actually going to do on our part right here. So um, Abraham, if you want to pull up that verse from Revelations. We actually talked about this verse at Vacation Bible School too. Out of Revelations 3.20 it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I will dine with him and him with me. And so I love this already right here, that this is the invitation that Jesus has already accepted. So he sent one to us, and we've accepted it by having him into our hearts. And now there's like a reversal going on with our heart posture here, where Jesus is saying, I'm already at the door. So if you'll just open it up, I'm going to come on in. And you and I, we're going to dine together. And it's going to be real good because there's so much at the Lord's table to partake of, to fill us up on, to overflow from that place, to go carry it into the lives of the other people. And so this is just a picture here. So I want to encourage you with some things about hosting your heart. So practically, will you set time for the Lord, undistracted time? This is key. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations that go on in our life in a relationship. I'll just give you Wendy and I. So there's times with Wendy and I where maybe we're having a conversation, just the two of us, where maybe we're having a conversation with four or five people. Maybe we're having a conversation with 20 people in the room. And so conversations can look all different. But wouldn't you guys know that if there were things on my heart and Wendy's heart, just the two of us together, the conversation probably looks different. It can look different of just that ministry unto each other. Imagine it with the Lord. So this is just a you and your time that I'm really talking about right here, about hosting your heart. Will you make time to say, God, I want to just come and come and get in your presence, come and sit at your feet, and I want to just hear from you. I want to minister to you, and you minister to me. And there's an intimacy that goes on in that place that can't be found anywhere else. Just so you know, just like, and you know what, we get to look at ourselves as like the bride of Christ and how many everybody knows. And even for everybody that's not married yet, you're big enough. You know what comes along with marriage. There's a deep intimacy that goes on between a husband and a wife. And it's in a secret place. It's in that time and that intimacy with the Lord. And the Lord has designed us this way for an intimacy that goes on in a secret place. So I want to actually show you a little bit here how Jesus actually hosted his own heart, and he gave us this picture. I'm not going to pull all these up so you can write them down because I have so many verses. So I'm just going to feed you some things. You can go back and meditate on it later. But this one's out of Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, 
And when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward openly. I love this picture of like just taking the time to go into the secret place with Jesus and hear everything that the Lord has to say over you and you back to him. And you know what comes with an open reward is walking life abundantly before men. Walking your life out in overflow. Walking out your witness before people that actually says, I have the joy of the Lord upon me. I have the strength of God upon me. And we get to openly walk that out before people because we deal with so much stuff all of the time. But you guys know in this intimate place, in this deep intimate place with the Lord, wow, how he builds us up. Wow, how he ministers to our heart because we've came and postured it before him. And we've said, God, have it. Just come and have all of it. I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. There's always so much more to know of him. So here in Luke 5.16, so he himself, meaning Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So now you've had secret place. You've had wilderness. Who feels like they've been in wilderness? The word talks of wilderness all the time. We have wilderness kind of seasons and time in our life. What did Jesus do? He went and withdrew himself, and he went to pray. Jesus, the Son of God, knew his heart needed to be postured before the Father to receive everything that the Lord had to say to him so that he could walk out openly before men everything that the Lord wanted him to. I'm so glad he did. Aren't you glad he did? So what does that mean for us? The Son of God had to do it. The Son of God had to withdraw himself and go into the secret place with the Father so that he could hear from him so he could walk out before us what needed to be done. I love that. So here's another one out of Mark 135. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, oh, that's a challenge. <laughs> having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. So he's gone to the secret. He's gone to the wilderness. He's gone to the solitary place, all to host his heart also that he could begin to hear from the Father everything that the Lord had to say. Okay, I want to tell you about some practical things that just come with hosting your heart that the Word talks about. The heart condition and things of the heart are all over the Word. And honestly, I'm going to get to the O-U-R. That's going to happen, but this is where we're going to hang for a bit because there's just there's so much in the posturing. It's like literally, guys, that without the posturing happening, nothing else can happen. You can go into the word in vain. You can. You can go in and you can read and retain nothing. You can go in and you can read and, and nothing is spoken to you. And you'll even forget what you read. And you'll be like, wait a minute, let me refocus. Let me start over. Who's done that? Like, you're like, let me refocus. Wait a minute. What, what's going on? Wait a minute. I was thinking about the laundry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to pick a kid up. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to meet with someone. Wait a minute. I mean, all the time. All the time this goes on for all of us. So posturing your heart in this manner and hosting your heart is literally you putting a value on your heart that God puts on it. He talks about our heart all the time in the word. Put a value on your heart and say, God, I'm going to make the time, and I'm going to remove distractions. Practical tip-wise, I've literally had people say, I take a notebook into my secret place with the Lord, 
And if something comes up that I need to deal with later on, I'll write it down and I'll move on back to my time with the Lord. I don't hang around in that thing that needs to be done or think about it anymore. So if you feel like you're somewhere, you're like, I just can't seem to shut it down. I think about a whole lot of other things while I'm talking to the Lord. Then figure out a way to shut it down because he's got things to say to you. He has spoken rhema word to say over your life and you need to hear it. I need to hear it. I literally could just like have a mirror standing in front of me right now and be like, Katie, here we go. Me and you, we're going to talk to each other right now because I need to hear all of this. Like it's ministering to me as I'm ministering to you. God, you have things to say to me and I need to hear it. There's things arising in my day. There's things arising in my family. There's things arising in my job. There's things arising over the church. There's things arising over the nation. There's things that you are saying for us. I need to hear it. I need to hear it and I need to be able to tune in distraction free, but that's my choice. And do you guys know that a lot of people really just don't make distraction-free time with the Lord? The conversations that they're having more with the Lord are like, yeah, you going with me today? Walking with me today? I'm so glad you're with me today. How you doing, Jesus? Yep, me and you're going in here now. That's a lot of what conversation looks like. Or it's like, oh, sister, you need prayer? Yeah, come on, me and Jesus, here we go. We're all, we're all praying. That's awesome. That's awesome. But oftentimes, our time looks like we're just like, whoop, grabbing a hold. Here you go. Here you go, Jesus. Brought Jesus into this thing. Here he is. But what about that time where we settle in, where we just settle in, and it's just about him ministering to us and us ministering back to him? He asks us to do that, to minister to him. I minister to him before I minister to you. I minister to him. I care more about what he thinks than what you do. Because when I prioritize in that way, then actually my mouth can speak. Then actually I can say something worth hearing. Then actually I can speak right to someone's heart because I've postured mine and I've said to the Lord, I surrender. I surrender. What do you have to say? What do you have to say? I want to hear it. But distraction-free time, let's do it. Let's have distraction-free time more now than ever, you guys. I mean, really, we got to do it more now than ever. We need to hear from the Lord. And as powerful as it is to be able to pray together, encourage each other, and build each other up, and thank God for the church, for training and equipping, and as powerful as it is, and the Lord tells us to meet together because of every good thing that goes on when we do, it doesn't replace intimate time with him. It doesn't, and it never should. So distraction-free time is what we are going for. Okay, so I want to share a couple other things with you right here. So again, I'm going to give you the verses. I'm not going to look them all up. So things that goes on in the heart when it's actually postured is from this place, the mouth speaks. So Luke 6, Luke 6.45, a good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So there's some things about the heart and you and your time with the Lord is from the abundance of this place is what's actually going to come out. I know we've heard that before. So here's a scripture actually about guarding it. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Picture that one. Everything you do flows from it. Does that draw you in? and make you actually want to say, Father, I've got to be in this place with your presence. 
me and my heart, me and you, because everything I do is flowing from that place. So here's another one. Um, I think I actually gave you this one, Abraham. So this is out of Hebrews 3, 7 through 15. There's actually a bunch of verses here, and we're going to read them together. So Hebrews 3, 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with what with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. I love that, actually. It's a call back to faithfulness in Hebrews here over the children of Israel. And there was a posturing that went on in the wilderness with their hearts where they literally turned away from the Lord. And so they were captive, and here he is, and he set them free. But still, they needed to guard their hearts. Still, they needed to posture their hearts. And it literally talks in there about, well, we know, guys, that like the wrath of God has been satisfied through the blood of Jesus on the cross. There's a very key piece here for us still that's true, is about entering into his rest. This is powerful for us to actually realize that we can actually harden our hearts. The word has said it. We can harden it, and we can actually get to a place of rebellion, and we do not enter rest. And I see this. You guys probably see it. Like, we can see this going on around us, and it's not that it looks in, like, such an overt way where people are like, oh, God, no, but it's more than a way of such an unsettling such an unstate of rest that goes on in people because they've walled off the things of God. Because they've said, I don't want to posture myself here. I don't want to come sit in his presence. I don't want to hear what he has to say. But you know the beauty of the Lord is he's always drawing us to him. And go back to the secret place. This is where you're so key about your posture and your secret place and your time with the Lord. Of Then you come out and you live it before men. And you know what begins to happen is that you live before men. And this is how the goodness of God will draw people in that aren't even having a conversation with him. Those people that are unsettled and not in rest, that literally have rebellion going on in their heart, that if we will choose to walk out the goodness of God before men, the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, walking in wisdom and peace and joy in our life, that comes from the secret place. If sometimes you're like, shoot, I don't feel very joyful, go praise for a while. I don't feel very strong, go praise for a while. I don't feel like I know what to do, go praise for a while. Your countenance will change. I think many of you already know exactly what I'm talking about. Have more of it. The Lord is withholding nothing. It's a time management thing on our part. That's all it is. 
He's like, I am here with it all the time. Will you manage your time? (laughs) Will you manage your time and will you put me as a priority because I have things to speak to your heart as you posture it and then you'll go out and you'll live before people and I will use you in your mouth to draw people to my goodness. And where the hardened places have been in their hearts will begin to soothe. Your words, your words, Jerry, your words have soothed me. Your words, that encouragement, that exhortation, that joy begins to flow out. And that's what we're supposed to do before people. It is. That's how the Lord works. And how many times have we been pursued? I've been pursued by people. I've been pursued by by my brother, the brother that is here, that is pastoring this church, that has just grown radically in the Lord. He started pursuing me a long time ago. I started speaking in my life about what God says about me. I love it, and I love him for it, and I love the Lord for it. And it caused softening in my heart. He said to me one time, Katie, you can be the best thing or the worst thing that walked in the room. And I said, okay, well, I want to be the best thing that walked in the room. But he could say that to me because he's my brother. Well, he's my pastor too, though, just so you know. So he can say that to me there too. It isn't just because he's my brother. Because <laughs> I've actually submitted to myself to him to also be my pastor because I actually recognize the anointing on his life, and so therefore it has brought out good in my own. Yeah? Yeah? Me too. Me too. All all of us, honestly, it's been a good thing. He's been able to speak and say things to me and see things, you know? I mean, he'll call me on it. He'll be like, oh, you need Jesus time. (laughs) And you too, and I say it to you too, and you say it, and you say, hey, 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 soften that up. Yes, it's just Jesus time. We just need Jesus time. You know, we, and we operate just, there's things that the Lord has wired us and made us that some of us are just like, boom, when we walk through the door. And then some of us are like, la, 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 when we walk through the door. Or the men are just like, yep, I'm in the door. You know, whatever it is, the Lord used all of us. This is how, like, he has made us. But in that intimate and that sweet time with him, then he connects us with people that need that very thing that he needs to pour out onto them. If they need strength, he's going to pour it out of you. If they need joy, he's going to pour it out of you. If they need wrapped up in love, he's going to pour it out of you. But you know how he pours it out of you if he has been able to pour it into you. (laughs) So we got to do that. Katie, more. I mean, this is me. Fresh, new, God, bend my heart for what pleases you. Fresh and new, bend my heart for what pleases you, God. Can we just walk around and say that? But we got to make the time to be with him. Okay, so here's the last thing I want to say about that part, and we're going to do the O. Ask the Lord to search it. This is a beautiful thing right here. So Abraham's going to pull up Psalms 139. This is 23 through 24. So I've mentioned just a few practical things to you about your heart, that from the mouth it speaks, you should guard it, and actually even the part about a rebellious and and a hardening that can come upon it. So then I want you to go to this place with the Lord and say, search it, God. So this is beautiful. This is from the Passion Translation. And it says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Let's stop. Did you know you could have hidden things within you? Hidden things. There's things about you that you don't know of how the Lord has always designed and made you to be. And in relationship with him, he wants you to discover them. There's also things within you that maybe were rooted and grounded years ago 
that aren't from the Lord. And he wants to uproot them. He wants to take them down because they're not of him. And it will cause you to operate differently. So I have both conversations with the Lord. Search my heart about the hidden things. Show me the glorious things about myself that I have never seen. I was actually at Andrew Womack's minister's conference a few years ago. And during worship, the Lord said to me, There's shame. you're dealing with shame. It was like boom, boom. And I was like, what? What? I mean, literally. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't, what? I don't even know what that, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I had to go into conversation with the Lord, though, because I knew that I had heard him. And there was a hidden thing. And it was over a particular area. And I thought that was done. But I realized there was a piece not quite done. And because the piece wasn't quite done, quite cleared up in my mind and heart, that it was causing me to operate a little bit differently than how the Lord wanted to, how he wanted me to operate. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And he did the most beautiful thing to me. He positions me next to this woman at the conference and he did two things all within the course of a few hours. One, he said, I want you to know what your name meant from birth. And I said, okay. And I looked it up and it's Katie and it's not actually Catherine and it means pure. And he said, always have I seen it. Always have I seen it. And I said, well, you're so good, God. You're so good. Because I knew there was a forgiveness. Who knows that they had some life before Jesus? I did. <laughs> I had rebellion. I knew Jesus as a little girl, and I had some life of rebellion, of hardening my heart. And I walked in some things that were not according to what God had for me. And then the Lord met me in that place, and I surrendered and repostured. And so forgiveness had come, but there was a piece of something there that he said, I need that to totally go away. So let me show you things that I've always seen about you, and it was purity. Then in the same time, I end up sitting next to a woman that we all end up conver conversating because we were prompted to, actually, by, like, the speaker and to pray together. She came from another country. She relocated herself. She changed her name because of her previous lifestyle to now mean pure. That's who I was praying with. I said, well, purity in a bundle. Here we go. I was so excited. The Lord ministered so deeply to me, but I've postured myself with the Lord and said, search it. Search hidden things, God. The things I never knew and things even in me that need to come up, that need to be uprooted, lies that I've lived by. I want only truth to be told and operated through my life. Do you guys know we can live by lies? Yep, we can. And, you know, we can live with a partial truth because, you know, there's scripture in Proverbs that says train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. You know, I actually believe that this is still for our posture, even now as all grown up, that we begin to submit ourselves to the Lord as our father. And he begins to continue a training that goes on within us all of the time. He wants to train us all of the time. He wants to show us how he has always designed us to operate. And there's things our parents maybe did that weren't right or things they never knew to do. And I love that in my continued walk with the Lord, it's no problem. I can say to the Lord, it's no problem. You're my father and you're a good one. And so continue to parent me. Continue to train me. 
Continue to search out the hidden things within me that I never knew. Fill the gaps, God. Show me what you've always known about me and fill in the spaces so that I can operate before men the way you have designed me to. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is a picture here. Oh, I stopped in it. Good grief. Can you pull it back up again, Abraham? Okay, so let's do it. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I am walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. I love that. This is a safe and beautiful invitation when we ask the Lord to actually search our heart out. It's safe. It's safe because he's a good God. He brings us back into an everlasting place that is all wrapped up in his doing, all wrapped up in his faithfulness, you guys. It's not a scary place to go. Sometimes there's things that we may say that we put a wall up and we say, God, I don't want you to search that out because we could be afraid of what's on the other side of it. But we don't have to because God is love. Perfect love casts out fear and he leads us into everlasting everything with him. We don't have to be afraid. Let it come up. Let it be done. Let him heal it all the way. Don't wall it off. Don't wall it off. This is a choice totally on our part. Going back to what Ron had just shared of like, it isn't just about on this side or this side, but will you just, mm, will you just posture yourself fully in front of the cross in that complete finished work that went on in that place and let it do exactly what it was designed to do over our lives. Deliverance, healing, salvation, I mean, it's big. It was designed to do a lot. It did all of it. It did all of it. We just come before the Lord and receive it. So, okay, so here's the next piece. Other tongues. So this is your O. So imagine you're hosting your heart, maybe being a 15 minute of your time. I'm going distraction free. I'm preparing time and place. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm in with you. So this is for other, other tongues. And this, imagine this being a 15 minute window. I'll tell you now, as I get going, all of these things become like this. That's what it begins end up coming for me. But other tongues, so that's your O. So this is speaking in tongues. And this, again, is about your private time, totally with the Lord. And so that's the tongues I want to talk about for just a minute. So uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm going to give you this one. There's some we're going to read. But 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. I love this, that God is the one who understands this. The enemy is not. I love that. So God is the one who understands this. And there's mysteries in this communication that's going on with the Lord. And so this is actually an invitation for us to actually come before the Lord and spend times actually praying in spirit and praying in tongues. And so the next one, I actually do want to read this one together. So this is 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 12. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. 
which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I want to stop right there for just a second. There is depths to the Lord. And in your intimate time with him, the Lord is revealing deep, deep things that he thinks about you, that he thinks about this age, that he thinks about this time. But again, it's for us to go in and actually partake of that. And so the Holy Spirit, it's a beautiful thing that goes on, the gift the Lord has given us, that it actually searches out the deep things of God and begins to reveal them to us. Is this the next verse? (coughs) For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So here is this picture. I love this. You can look at things with God and be like, if you tried to write it out, you'd be like, some people in their relationship and their time with the Lord might be in this place right here, in this depth right here. And I love how the Lord just meets us in that place. And other people, as they begin to spend time, they're like, it's getting deeper. I'm learning more. I'm discovering more about what he's saying about me. And it goes deeper and it goes deeper and it goes deeper. I actually remember telling my son some years ago because of the way his mind works, that the Lord says to you now, take him into all the deep places. Sometimes our mind can go off into very deep, deep things. And I will just tell you right now, we serve a deep God. And the Holy Spirit searches out the deep things of God. So don't go fly solo. We don't have to. We don't have to. In that intimate time with the Lord and praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is searching out the deep things of God. And I love that he actually is then revealing them to us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad. Things I didn't know that in my time of praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit is searching it out and revealing it all to me. So here's one more thing I want to say about praying in tongues, actually. There's so much, you guys, we could say about praying in tongues. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we could just endlessly preach on that, you know, but these are just some pieces I want you to grab a hold of just to encourage you of why, why to do these things, to search out the deep things, let it happen. So 1 Corinthians 14, 4, so he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Okay, so here we go. The Greek for that is to build a house, erect a building, to restore by building, rebuild, repair. So just think when you're edifying, you're building your house and actually there's a repairing work that goes on. And actually that scripture says to edify himself. And I will tell you right now, when you're praying in the spirit, an edification on the whole thing is going on. The word of God actually says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Um, or did you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This is his. And when praying in the spirit is actually going on, the word says that you are edifying, that you are building up and repairing. Does anybody need building? We all do. Does anybody need repairing? We all do. Well, imagine that. 
Imagine that we were given this power-packed thing called the Holy Spirit, not a thing, a person, a being, my thing, my person I need, everything all the time, but we were given him as a gift. Jesus said, I got to go, guys. When he rose, he said, I've got to go because the Father needs to send you the thing, the person that is going to dwell within all of you. And this person, the presence of God is with all of us all of the time. And this right here, our choosing, we tell our kids this even. When they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, we teach them with a stop-start method. And here's a reason why. Because sometimes when it's fresh and new, they wonder, did it go somewhere when I stop? And so they'll get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we're like, all right, you ready for it? Go rabba sarada, he yes he sarada, stop. They'll stop. You ready? Let's go again. We'll do this several times with them. And it's even establishing things just within them right there. Of This is your choice. This is your choice to begin to open up your mouth and to begin to pray in the spirit and let the Holy Spirit do exactly what he was designed to do in your life. To bring clarity, to have the mystery of God revealed, the depths of the Lord's heart revealed onto you, and to actually build up your body. You're not feeling good? Build your house. Build your house. Edify your house. We've been given the ability to do it. We have what we need to do it. It's good for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's the next thing I want to talk about. So this is Utterance. This is the U. So you've got your H-O-U. We've almost spelled our. Gosh, and I'm looking at my time here, and I'm just, thank you, Jesus. Rocking through this in a good amount of time. Is this helping you? Good. Amen. It helps me. So utterance. This is fun. I looked up some things in the words specifically about utterance. And here's a couple things I want to say to you. So 1 Corinthians 14, 13 and 14, you go back kind of on that time. I'm purposely giving you scriptures because I, things that I'm not pulling up here, because I want you to go back in and to meditate on this. And honestly, podcasts become available. We have a bunch of people who aren't even here today and they're going to sit and listen to the word. And I just encourage you to do that. I go back and listen to things that Pastor Ken's I'm like, I need to get on that again. He was just teaching about um, love, and Liz kind of wants to call it the love ladder and um, like stages kind of of love as believers that we can identify where we're at. That's so powerful. You guys go hang around in that. That's good stuff. So, um, okay, so I'm purposely giving you some scriptures that I'm not pulling up. You can go look them up. But 1 Corinthians 14, 13 and 14, that's actually talking in that picture about while there's talking about tongues and like, Um, interpretation of tongues and things coming forward, when you go back into those scriptures, you'll see things also about praying for understanding, that the Lord wants us to have an understanding of actually what's going on. And so I just want to encourage you, when you take a pathway into actually praying in the Spirit, and there's a merger that goes on in utterance in this part now, of actually beginning to speak out what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to you, the mysteries of God and to begin to speak them actually out of your mouth. So I want to talk to you about a couple of verses here. So Acts 2.4, and this is on the day of Pentecost, and we've heard this already before, but it says the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. 
So utterance there, and now listen, we all know it depends on what translation you're going to go look into if that word utterance are used or not. I looked it up in the New King James Version, and so here's just some ways that utterance was used in the word. But we know these things to be true because we're seeing them in action. So that utterance there actually is talking about enabled them to speak. That's what it literally did. So it enabled them to speak. And then in Ephesians 6, 18 and 19, it says the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And it's talking about a divine expression. So they have the ability to speak and they have the ability to divinely speak. This is what the Holy Spirit is actually able to do. And then in Numbers 24, um, there's some things you can go look up on here about Balaam, but it actually says is given utterance. And utterance here is talking about prophecy and declaration. So here you can see many accounts through the word of God where like utterance is coming forward and it's actually been given by the Holy Spirit and it is enabling people to speak. It's enabling people to speak with divine expression and people are prophesying and declaring what the Lord is saying. So this is key. This is an important part actually for us that when we're spending time with the Lord, he wants you to begin to speak and declare out what it is that he is saying over your life and over the situations that are going on around you. And again, it comes back to the Holy Spirit. This is the thing. When people like sometimes are like, I don't know what to pray. Start praying in the Spirit. Start praying in the Spirit. And then pray for understanding in that place. And say, Father, you begin to fill my mouth. And I will begin to declare and to decree. And I will proclaim what it is that you're saying to me. Because I understand there's an activation, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but there's an activation that goes on when words begin to come out of our mouth that are aligning with what the Lord is saying. There's a powerful thing that goes on in that place. So this is a connector now with utterance of tongues and things actually being spoken out. So declaration, proclamation. I just want to tell you guys personally, for me, I had something just recently go on, and so I thought I would just share this with you. I have a bunch of things that the Lord show me when I'm in time with him. But this time in particular, I had like a vision before me. And in this vision, I actually was seeing, now remember, I had just postured my heart. I actually had spent an enormous amount of time in worship. Um, and I was just praying in the spirit. And then there were things that began to come forward. And I was like, God, what are you showing me here? And so I had a vision and I was sitting actually in the heavenlies, and I was in a lineup with like God, the Son, and just the saints, angels, people all around, but I was sitting on a throne chair. And actually, my first flesh reaction was, whoo, I need to be on my face. That was my first reaction. And then the Lord was like, there's lots of time for that. I know the posture of your heart to be on your face and to worship me. That's, that's a lot all the time with me and the Lord of like, I'm just going to be on my face and I'm going to worship you. But there was something different here. He was actually showing me. And the picture that he was showing me was actually out of Ephesians 2. And it says that he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ. And so what he was wanting to talk to me about in this conversation in my time with him was he was wanting to talk to me about my position. And he says, let me remind you. Let me remind you, because there were things going on, and I was just talking to the Lord about them and saying, what is your heart? What are you saying about these things? And he said, well, first I need to talk to you about your position, about where you sit. You know, it's very interesting because 
in that picture, oftentimes I feel like we can have a picture of us being here and God being there. But what was going on was God was saying, do you see where I've positioned you to sit? And so no more do you need to see yourself here and me up here, but it is we are here. We are here. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I know that, you guys. I know that. And if you don't know that, come into knowing it. I will tell you right now, I just speak that revelation even over you right now to go and seek out your position in the heavenlies. Because your position of who you are as a child of God and a joint heir through Jesus Christ changes everything. And I knew that, but the Lord was visually giving me a picture of no longer being here, but being there. And he said, now, here we go. I want you to say what you want to see from your seat. And I said, okay, you want me to say what you want to, what I want to see from my seat. Now, listen, this isn't just anything. I don't even say that lightly or casually to you. I say that from a postured heart, surrender to the Lord, praying in the spirit, being in the word, and having the Holy Spirit reveal things of the Father to me from that place. That now I'm saying, I'm going to say what I want to see from my seat. Because I can. Because I can. Because that's my authority. Because that's what Jesus did for me because that's my position in the heavenlies. And I've been going through conversation with the Lord about um, worship. And so this goes kind of along with this picture, but this is out of John 4, 23 and 24. And you're going to be familiar with this. But listen, this is the key. I'm just giving you an example of something that happens in my intimate time with the Lord. So you can grab a hold of it and have that expectation for yourself. Because this is how the Lord will take his word and make it become alive to you. So I've been having a lot of conversation with the Lord about worship, and worship has changed for me. The Lord has done that. I have gone deeper. I have gone deeper. And some of you literally could maybe visibly see that. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is my worship with the Lord will look the same whether I'm in a room with you or not. That's my worship with the Lord. I won't change what it looks like because I'm in a room with people. So my worship before the Lord has come to a place of literally imagining what it's like to sit in the heavenlies with the saints and the angels and say, you're worthy. Have the crown that you put on my head. Have all of it. I throw it at you. Have all of it. I had none of it without you. You're worthy. I praise you. I love you. You're worthy. You're worthy. That, that's it. That's it. And whatever that expression rolls out, well, that's how it rolls out. Because I can't imagine it any other way. What do you think we're going to look like in heaven? Really? What do you think we're going to look like? You think your bum's going to be in a chair? It's not. It's not. You're going to be on your face. It's going to be glorious. It shouldn't be a shock for us. It's glorious now. Will you let him open up your eyes to see the glory of his beauty? It's great. 
It's so good. There's so much peace and presence and locking eyes with Jesus and saying, wow, the things of the earth do go strangely dim. Because <laughs> I'm sitting up here. I'm seeing from up here. I'm seeing from my seat. And I'm saying, God, I speak life into this. I speak joy into this. And then here's another thing. The Lord told me in a secret place that if, does anybody deal, well, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want you to. I'll just tell you. Sometimes people deal with a critical spirit. And I will tell you right now, the Lord gave me a key to combating a critical spirit. Combating key. Here it is. Say what he says about the person. Boom, combat. <laughs> Something rising up inside that is not from the Lord. And it's like, oh, God's like, say what I say. Oh, say what I say. Say what I say. This is what happens. There's a direct combat that goes on. This comes in our time with the Lord. That came from my time with the Lord. I said, go ahead. There's a little bit of something. I sometimes see my face. Take it. Ugh. Let's pull it out. Let's pull it out. And he said, say what I say. Say what I say. Say what I say. That's what you got to do, kid. So even from the heavenlies, from my seat, will I say what he says about people? Will I work with him and partner with him? To say what he says. This comes in utterance. It comes out. It's so good. I love it. I think I was going to tell you something else about that whole thing. Oh, yeah, I was. Okay, so John 4, 23 and 24. But it says, but the hour cometh and is now when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him, but God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, everybody say must, worship him in spirit and in truth. This is your position. This is your position. This is my position. This is our position, being joint heirs in Christ, that it is my spirit that is communing with God in worship. This is why we can say what the Lord says from the heavenlies and to see it be on, a, on earth our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is our job. This is our job to bring heaven to earth. And we do it by understanding position, by understanding authority, by partnering with the Lord and speaking into the earth what he says. Will we do it? In your time with praying in the spirit and beginning to proclaim and declare what the Lord is revealing to you, is powerful. It's powerful. How much time do I got? Okay, are you guys doing okay? Gosh, thank you, Lord. Okay, here's a couple other pieces I want to tell you about right here about utterance carries things to your heart. So Psalms 45.1, it says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the, the king and my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So hold on to that piece right there. So I'm reciting a composition. I'm reciting a composition. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Watch what's happening with the tongue and the ready writer, okay? So this is in Proverbs 3.3. 3. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Where is my pen? My tongue. 
And it literally talks about writing on the tablet of your heart. There's a connection here, a powerful thing that goes on when you audibly begin to proclaim what the Lord is saying. There's like a bearing witness that goes on in a posture change and a stirring that begins to go on in your heart. Just like how when we do it towards each other, when we literally can be like, you're awesome. I see like the presence of God all over you. You're strong in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God is for you. He is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you. He has separated your sins out as far as the east is from the west. Oh, by the way, he forgot them. I mean, come on. Like, we see the power of the word coming out of our mouth. How much more when we've been in this sweet time with Jesus? The Holy Spirit's been searching out deep things. And utterance has come to them. And now it's like that utterance carries into our heart. It just carries in and your heart just begins to like, I saw this picture even in worship, like when Aubrey was just talking and there was just like this soothing over the heart, like a soothing over the heart. This is the Lord's design. This is how he feels about us in his presence that he's like, let me soothe it. Let me soothe it. Let me speak to you what I say. I love that. And so there's power as we begin to just release from our mouth what the Lord is saying. It does a thing on our heart. And I love it, man. I love it. He changes my heart, makes it new, wakes it up, wakes it up, sets it to the rhythm of his. I had a dream. I've had multiple dreams about, um, like, people coding in heart conditions. And fast forward to one of them in particular, there was a doctor and a nurse, and they were defibrillating a patient. And um, the patient was a, actually, I was the patient. So I was alive. And so I began to say to them, I'm alive. I'm, I'm alive. Like, why are you shocking my heart? Like, stop doing that. So, and, and that would really actually hurt. So I, but literally in the dream, even I was like, I was alive. I'm alive. Why are you shocking my heart? So I began to ask the Lord about the conversation. And the Lord said, like, why do you shock an already beating heart? I know. To change the rhythm. Change the rhythm. Hmm. Ooh. I said, okay. My heart beats like yours. My heart beats like yours. How's your heart beating? Search it. Search mine. Search mine. Search mine. Gaze upon it. Take out any hidden thing. What is it? Make it beat like yours. Make it beat like yours. Get me in sync, God. Get me in sync. Don't let mine go too fast. Don't let mine go too slow. Let mine just beat, 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 beat with you. That's what my conversation looks like with him. Set me. Set me on your course. And you know what? So naturally speaking, when we start running, our heart speeds up. That's fine. If he tells me to run, then, you know, we're all having a sped up heart. It's fine, but I'll stay in sync with him when he tells me to slow down and sit and rest, and my heart comes to a rest. It's fine. That's a sign of a healthy heart. How quick's the recovery from all the things that we go on in life? How quick is it? He wants us to be able to quickly come to a rest. Then even if he's saying, hop up, go do it, boop, 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 and you're like, whoo, my heart's going, I'm going. That even from that place, he's like, now come sit back down. Come sit back down. Come on. Come right here next to me. Let's have my time. 
Let's have time together, just me and you conversation. Nobody else has to be in on it. Me and you conversation. There's an indicator literally in the world about how quickly can your heart come back even into a rest. And now that's just a fun picture. The Lord wants us to be at rest with him all of the time. But I'm just giving you a picture that even with the heartbeat of God and the pace of God and the excitement of things that go on and whatever it is, a weariness that goes on or a sorrow that's happening in something, whatever it is, will you posture your heart and link it up with his to say, make mine beat like yours. Oh, my heart is broken. I'm so glad that I know from your word that you're the one that heals it. I'm so glad I know that. It's okay. It's okay. This is a season. This is a moment. I'm going to hang with you. You understand my heart. You understand my heart better than anyone. You understand it, God. Make it beat like yours. He wants us to do that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm encouraging myself. I am. I'm telling you the truth. I am encouraging myself. Okay, here's the last one. Read the word. All right, Wendy, you ready? So you're ready now. I'm just going to tell you right now, after all this, you're ready. You're ready to actually read the word. I'm just going to challenge you that before, sometimes when we just want to pick up the word. Now listen, we got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. There are moments we're just going to pick up the word where we're just like, I need to go grab something. Even in my conversation with the Lord, the Holy Spirit was quickening something. I need to give something out to someone, whatever. We're just going to pick up the word. That's fine. But again, I'm talking about an intimate time or you make an intimate time with the Lord. And I'm going to challenge you that sometimes people will just say, let me go sit in my chair and open up the Bible. They've not done any of this, not even taken it into consideration of, will I remove distractions? Will I host my heart? Will I begin to posture myself? Will I invite the Holy Spirit into what's going on in this conversation right now with the Lord? Will I begin to proclaim what the Lord is saying to me? Now I'm ready, Father. I'm ready. I get like that. I get like that. I'm ready. I'm ready to see something now. I'm ready. The word of God is coming alive to me. So I'm going to just boogie through kind of this last one here with you guys, but about actually reading the word. So this is a verse you're familiar with. I'm not going to pull it up, but John 8, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. I literally watched, we were in Brazil and this whole like demon-possessed woman, like a demon manifested and then, you know, we just took care of that thing in Jesus' name and out it went. And there was just such a great work. The Lord was doing like so many things in that place and it was powerful. But I, when I went back to the Lord and I said, what's, what is the picture of like the whole story of what's going on in this place of what caused it to manifest in that moment? And this was actually the scripture the Lord brought me back to that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The word of God was being taught and truth was being delivered. And as truth was falling upon the ears of the people in that place, freedom was coming forward. And the enemy didn't like it. He didn't like it. He don't like it on you either. But my gosh, look at how the word of God says, if we are his disciples, we will abide in it. We will abide in it. We'll stay in it. And we're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make us free. So there's freedom that comes to us from sin in Jesus, but there is so much more to the story that continues to go on in the relationship with God. To stay free, 
and to become free of things that were hidden that we didn't even know were there, causing our operation to change, causing really abundant life to be able to come forward in us. God wants that. And so this is it. Abide into the word. So here's the one I want to do together. And actually, I'm going to end with this. And this is Hebrews 4.12. I think Abraham has this one. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Leave it up there for me, Abraham. A lot of people are already familiar with this. Let me tell you a couple things. You guys would have heard Pastor Kent actually teach on this, and I want to talk about your words, and I want to talk about God's words and reading the word. Words, a whole bunch of words. So the word of God is living and powerful. I love that. It's alive. We've heard this. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged there actually means diastomos, which is actually two is die. Stomos is mouth. There's two mouths actually happening here. So there's two mouths, and you can see a lot about two-edged swords, and you can go research a bunch of this stuff on your own. But it actually, so a two-mouth sword piercing even to the division of soul, so mind, will, and emotions, and spirit, who God says you are in him, your spirit man, okay? So piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart again, of the heart again. So here it is. There's an activation. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. There's an activation that actually goes on when your mouth participates with his mouth. This is a two-edged sword. When your mouth begins to participate with his mouth, there's a greater thing that goes on here actually when we will speak out and proclaim out what the word of God is saying, when we will partner with it and we will agree with it. And the great thing that comes is it says the word is then a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I love it because, again, this is safe space all the time with the Lord. That if we will just choose to come and posture ourselves and our heart before him and let the word do, let the Holy Spirit do, let God do what he always designed, intended, and, intended and wants to do in our lives is to search out the things and for you to begin to proclaim and to speak out what it is that he's saying. And when we do that, it changes everything about the way that we operate. It changes everything. And here's another thing that happens really quick too. When in Ephesians, when it talks about in the helmet of salvation, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that word actually there is a rhema, quickened word, where it's talking about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A rhema, quickened word is spoken. And this is a picture of the sword here from God's mouth into your life through the word of God. A quickened word. This is God speaking onto you and to your life. And it actually will cause change in whatever it is that the Lord wants to birth and see come through you. It will come through the reading of the word. It's miraculous. It just does it. My, my oldest kid said to me recently, I can't not see God everywhere. And I was like, that's fun. That's a good time. This is what comes with like posturing ourselves before the Lord and just saying, I want to see you everywhere in everything, God. And so this is, this is what I wanted to just leave with you guys today is just 
to posture your hearts, to posture before him again and say, God, all of it, everything, you have free reign to search me through and through and do everything, God, that only you can do. There's so much that we need over our life. If we need fathering, if we need spousal things, if we need friendship, if we need to understand redemption, healing, love, peace and joy. I mean, guys, it's, it's endless with the Lord. It's endless, but it's time commitment on our part. Is will you give him an hour? And like I said to you, that I, these become very like fluid kind of things that I just rotate through in my time with the Lord. But I hope it gives you guys a picture to just go back into that conversation with him again and um, give him time and let him do what he wants to do for the sake of other people, yeah? Not just for us, but we want to live lives that is showing an abundant life and it's showing God's heart towards other people. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.